Hi, Dad. Hi, Celine. Did you know that you and I are about the same age if you count time living in the world? What do you mean? Well, as you know, I left a high-control religious group around the time you were born. So you're in your 20s then? <laughs> well, maybe in my head. The thing is, though, because I had all of my beliefs about morals, science, politics, religion, philosophy provided for me, I spent the last 25 years trying to work out what I should think about a whole bunch of stuff and work out what's going on. No one knows what's going on, Dad. <laughs> well, I think it's about time we did. What Should I Think About is a podcast that sets off on a lofty goal to make sense of the complicated, contradictory, confusing but wonderful thing we call the world. Hello and welcome to the What Should I Think About podcast. I'm Silly. And I'm Stephen. And today we're going to talk about um, the pit of despair. Um, (laughs) So, you know, hard cut to the prince's bride and just like... <clears throat> the pit of despair. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, yeah, the pit of despair. Um, so if you know that, I hope you enjoyed. Um, great, that great. I was thing. like, you took me right to it. That was a brilliant impression. Mm. <laughs> uh, you could say that. You could definitely say those yeah. words out loud. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. So what do we? More... What do we mean by the pit of despair? Then what are you trying to say? So basically, it's when, um, and it's not all going to be miserable. I just no. want to say that from the oh, outset. No. But it's when you kind of like leave a high control group where everything. So obviously, there's the liberating bit where you get to think about things and be free and mm. so on. But then there's also the potential pit of despair, panic bit where you're like, oh, there isn't I've, a heaven. I've got to worry about all this stuff. People now. die. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, climate crisis oh no god isn't going to just stop it all before it gets too late do you know mm. what i mean um yeah i do i think that's it's kind of the flip side we always try to be very positive on the podcast don't mm-hmm. we we say it's great you know you've got all these wonderful new um options and choices and you can make up your mind about all these different things and it is very liberating but there is also that side of it that is oh shit you know um I need to think about these things now. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I think, you know, I think the good thing of it, if you want to flip it in the good way, is that you now have agency to mm. care about things. And, like, you can be an activist, not just an ex-JW activist or an yep. ex-Mormon activist or whatever. You can be an activist for cli- the climate crisis. Mm. So, you know, you, um, I think that's something that, uh, with who I talk about all the time, uh, Lena on YouTube is do, always does a series called Positive Panic, and it's about the climate crisis. And I think she sort of said or alluded to the fact that it's something she's sort of grabbed by the balls, so to speak, because of leaving an evangelical background. You now think, oh God, I've got to worry about that. But also, it gives you the impetus to worry about it and the agency to care mm. about this current planet. And oh, that's right. That is because the... there isn't there isn't the you know there won't be an apocalypse and then a, and then a garden of eden to follow after it that's right well it is it's like anything you know you you are given or you are now accepting responsibility um for your own planet or your own the human race you know, it's own, not all on and your, your shoulders own actions as, yeah but also in your own actions you might be like oh i never thought about right. all of the plastic i use mm. because it didn't matter because the earth was 
evil and bad and worldly anyway and we get our new good one That's but right. now it's like your actions actually do matter um yeah we've we've described it as being quite infantilizing when you're in a a group mm-hmm. like that because you you're you are like a child in that you don't need to worry about that yeah oh yeah it's terrible that these things are happening but never mind god's going to put it all right you know we do need the new system um and that's that's as far as it goes there's um, no reason for you to to intervene because god will exactly. fix it god's going to sort it all out Mm. but, but it can be quite a shock when you suddenly realize yeah. that you know there is no god isn't going to sort it out <laughs> exactly. for you know the pit of despair does but, but you still might feel quite powerless because it's um so big you know i mean what I can that, i do yeah what can mm. i do you know and mm-hmm. and also maybe i can do things but you know can i do everything and i think there is a risk that that we can become overwhelmed by all these issues some of them big like climate change but also a lot of the things we're talking about on this show which you know we try to keep upbeat and fun but you know there is a lot to think about and um what what should i think about this and what should i think about that and how should i approach this it can be i think quite mm. overwhelming yeah so, yes, it's, so, good, yeah, it's a good to... subject I think. yeah the pit of despair um yeah i think you know we've talked about um mortality before and the fact that i think pretty much all religions have an afterlife as part of the sort of draw is that you don't have to deal with death um that is something that you know you'll have to reckon with um i think that's one of the first big ones you have to reckon with Mm. um like if you were a true believer you'll have to reckon with that and situate yourself in that but i think the reason it's an important one at the start is because it leads you on to all the other things that are now in your you know things you can have an impact on so like if you realize that life has an end then it makes you yeah care more about the climate crisis it makes you care more about how everybody's treated like in terms of racism or sexism because this life is the life you have I mean, there is an assumption there that that you you're leaving to become a agnostic or an atheist, or, or you know. So some people do yeah. leave and still hold on to beliefs about the afterlife and so on. So I guess we we ought to mm. say that. Um, from our from my perspective, I I didn't do that. So you know, I think I've said before, I'm a humanist. Um, I'm an atheist, agnostic. Um, agnostic atheist however you want to describe it i don't really believe in god um so yeah it can it can be on the one hand it's exciting but on the other there's there's a lot to worry about and plus of course you're you've got your own questions that that you're thinking about how do i what do i think about all these different personal decisions that might not have any relationship to saving the planet just like you know how do i want to live and um, what do i think is important um yeah so a uh, question wise for you i would ask was there do you remember some of the things you were like oh i should probably concern myself with that once you left yeah so you'd obviously spent a long time wrapped up in like mm. do i believe this don't i believe this you know all of your mental energy was there and then you left and you're like oh no issues in the world <laughs> yeah i mean i think i think when for me when i first left it was more um i think more personal questions about my personal um decisions i had to make and and a lot of that revolved around um meaning i think and and so i i felt that career 
um, was quite an important thing for me. So I had to make decisions about what I did for a living. Um, so I, I made decisions about, I was in a partnership with my dad at the time, business partnership, and um, I decided that I didn't want to do that anymore. So that, that was thinking about that. And um, then I wanted to learn about computers. So I did an A-level and then, and so on. So it was, it was really about, I think my main concerns were about eking out um, a, not just a living, but actually, actually creating a career, generating a career for myself. Um, mm -hmm. That was where I was focusing my attention. Um, obviously, I was thinking about other things like um, uh, we've talked before about the difficulties of leaving and how that can affect your relationship. So there's, there was that with um, me and your mum having to work all that out. So I think it was more more very personal stuff, really, than it was mm -hmm. worrying about the, the shouldering the weight of the world. I think quite naively, I probably just felt it was all kind of positive that I could now vote and I could influence mm -hmm. things. And I, I felt very... Um, I felt like I had a lot of agency. I think I felt I had more agency than I actually did. I think one of the mm. things I've learned over the years is that um, not to not to wear yourself out trying to mm -hmm. change everything. You know, the, there's some things that you can change and there's some things that you can influence, but a lot you can work for, but don't wear yourself out so that you feel disheartened and disillusioned. I think I felt disheartened and disillusioned a lot because I probably went into it a bit unrealistic. Um, mm. So I left the organization and then thought, oh, I've got all this agency and believed I could change the world. Um, <laughs> realized I couldn't. <laughs> and mm. that was perhaps the, the, the tricky bit for me. Mm -hmm. uh, once I felt that I might, the shackles were off, you know, Stephen now could do things. He could he could get into organisations and try to change things. And you know, that's mm -hmm. I think a little bit unrealistic, really. So perhaps that was the hard bit. I suppose one thing I wanted to say as you were talking there was that the Bible inculcates a a certain way of thinking around what you just described. So there is a a scripture. I think I think it's Ecclesiastes, which is quite an interesting book of the Bible anyway, but this particular passage essentially says you know if there is no worshiping god if there is no god if there is no um jehovah essentially then we might as well just be like the world which is eat and drink and be merry because tomorrow we may die and this is the philosophy that i think jehovah's witnesses have is that in the world that's how people think it's just eat, drink, and be merry for today because we might die tomorrow. So what's the point in worrying about it? So just have fun and just lead a hed hedonistic lifestyle. Um, and I think you actually honestly believe that's what it's like in the world. So when you leave, um, you might, I think Jill mentioned this in our discussion with her, you might sort of feel, well, that's what you do in the world, you know. You just party all the time. Um, but then you start to realise that actually... That isn't how everybody thinks in the world. You know, we do have no. lots of long-term and long-term pl long planning going on. I think almost there's like a either side thinks that of the other because it's yeah. almost like like the atheists and the agnostics think the religious people are just like like the witnesses that think the end is coming. They're like, well, they're just living every day 
my, my personal actions outside of being a good Christian don't matter because the end is coming anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so I think I think that is one of the one of the assumptions. But as I say, when you when you do actually leave, no, you. you um, for me, I, I needed something to be able to say to me, I was a success. Mm. Um, and that can be different things for lots of different people. And not everybody wants that label. Uh, I've become less worried about that over the years. But mm-hmm. it was a driver for me to be a success. What can I be a success in? You know, I'll be an assess- a success in my career. Um, that's it. So that became my um, focus um outside of the family obviously the um raising our daughter and so on that was the other important part of life but as i said before it it couldn't just be the only thing so Mm -hmm. i personally had to find something that i could sink my efforts into um that's that i could yeah somehow measure success mm. i'm not sure whether that's the right way to do it you know i never had any counseling i never really um got to grips with all of that it's just what i did um and that's mm. how i how i focused my life um mm. but i think over the years there are times when the weight of the world does start to weigh heavy and i think there is mm-hmm. a potential for levers to be overwhelmed by not just their own personal situations which could be very very difficult but even if they seem to be going okay if you you know you've got a job and you've got a partner and you know you actually your life is is fairly well arranged and you're quite happy with it you've got all the you turn on the news and you've got all these terrible things that are mm. happening in the world um, so, I mean, th- this week, as we as we record this podcast, you know, we're worried about COVID-19, which is still raging in the world. It's improved somewhat in some countries like the UK and so on, USA, but it's still there. Um, and in other countries, it's, it's raging. Um, climate change is just terrifying. And then mm, you see the pictures of before. Afghanistan mm. and what's happening there. And that's heart wrenching and heartbreaking, and then you hear you know stories of people going missing and 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 it just seems to be this never ending um bombardment of bad news and mm. I think it it's not just ex members of high control groups who feel that, but I think it yeah. can affect perhaps those people in a, in quite a specific way there feels it would be easy to feel a lack of hope i think yeah well you know as i said already you, you've got no you've got no fallback you know you haven't got the safety mm. net of god's going to sort it out you've you, know, you, you you're throwing your lot in with humanity mm-hmm. you know, we're saying that actually human beings can can deal with this but yeah if you look at the news it can sometimes you can feel despair because you feel you know actually can can we sort this out you know are we are we just a hopeless cause? And and so, yeah, we, we don't want to dwell on this too much because I don't want this episode to be depressing. No. Um, we want to talk about how we overcome that and how we can live with that, how we can live with uncertainty, mm-hmm. how we can cope with all these, these difficult things on the news and get some perspective. So I, I want to talk about that. We're just trying to frame the, the problem, I suppose, aren't we? Um, so yeah. that we can appreciate that this is the issue, not just ex-members of courts, but 
everybody has. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about that. I should say, um, obviously, neither of us are counsellors. So if we are, if you feel like you're going into a place where you, you know, where you actually need some proper help, then don't hesitate to do that. Um, I guess what we're talking about here is is a common, the human condition, really. For when the doom hits. Yeah. Things, you know. How, how to get a balance. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think... You know, um, I was watching um, an Evelina video talking about self-care. It kind of made me think about this as an episode as well, because um, thinking of self-care in the non-Instagrammable how to take care of yourself kind of way, Mm. just things to do for when the doom hits, I guess, or like to stop the doom hitting as hard. Basically, so do you experience so, that? Maybe it'd be useful for you to talk about that. Is that something that bothers you sometimes? Uh, yeah, sometimes I think about... I think the one that bothers me the most is probably um, is probably yeah, the climate crisis because the, the, I'm at an age where, you know, I've said on the podcast before, I want to have kids and stuff. But, you, yeah. I mean, I think every generation always wonders if, if it's right to have children yeah. because the world is always telling you how awful it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you do hope that you're not choosing to bring people into a world that is doomed to have, as they've been called, the the future water wars and mm. you know things like that. And like, um, yeah. But you, the thing is, there's always uh, answers to that, or like it's not like that. That's just gonna be it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, there's that. It's not. It's just that's a potential future, but it isn't exactly the future. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, I think we've 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 nicely framed the problem. So um, we are twenty minutes in. So we need to we need to get on to what we're going to do. How do we mm-hmm. manage that? And we can only talk, I think, from our own experiences. Um, not being um, psychotherapists, um, we can talk about our own experiences and what we've learned from others. Uh, maybe I can talk a little bit about general psychology um of, yeah. of the state of mind um but i just want to make sure that people don't think oh right this is great you know i was gonna do what what these guys tell me to do because that's not what we're we're here for no it needs to be it needs your self-care it needs to be sort of tailored to you and um, absolutely things that are taking care of myself might not be taking care of yourself but exactly. it really is dependent on your individual situation but it's more of a way to encourage you to consider self-care as an individualistic process rather yeah. than the, as I like to say, Instagrammable, you know, mm. way that it gets presented sometimes. You've mentioned Instagram there a couple of times. And so maybe we start mm. with the performative um, aspect of life um, mm-hmm. because I feel that a lot of maybe quite a lot of the pressures that we put on ourselves is that we want to be able to be seen to be successful we mm-hmm. want to be seen to be happy um yeah and that's part of what happens yeah. on social media isn't it i think that's what um i think what lena actually says in a video and i think it comes across in a lot of the gumption club her patreon group which is like um if you're ever feeling the pit of despair you blame it on yourself because you're like oh i just didn't self-care enough mm. <laughs> i didn't take care of myself well enough to be able to cope and that's not um 
you know, sort of try, I didn't do enough bubble baths or, you know. Well, I mean, what you're doing there is you're actually doing what cults do. You're creating like a double bind on yourself. So you're mm-hmm. saying that I feel sad and it's my fault that I feel sad because I didn't do this thing that I should do yeah. to stop feeling yeah. sad. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's definitely, yeah, not something we, we want to do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's not, we don't want to have that as part of the how to take care of no, yourself and sort no. of protect yourself element. So down with that. No, um, we're not going to, we don't, so, I don't like these sort of checklists that, oh, you've got to do this and you've got to do that every day and you've got to do no. the other. No. Because you like just end up upsetting you. yourself if you don't do it. <laughs> exactly. or And it's just, it ruins the whole point of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, and then, and then, so yeah, you know, maybe you get some good pictures on your, on your Instagram, you know, on your grid of like, you know, cups of hot chocolate and like you're sitting there, you know, doing cross stitch but maybe you absolutely hate cross stitch because like people are like oh it's soothing to cross stitch it's good for the brain maybe you hate it and that's mm. fine and you don't have to do it just because it looks good on your gram you know i also think it's like you know lots of selfies of smiling people in yeah in great exotic places <laughs> um yeah just you know like, we look I have at other... to have my vacation every yeah. year and we look blah, at other blah, people's blah, location yeah facebook pages and we think oh you know they've got a great life i wish my life could be as great as that um so again that's um that's the performative element of it and you don't know whether these people are actually enjoying their lives they're just no uh, performing and that's why i didn't think of certain things that i did as self-care but it actually is so for instance like i love a bubble bath as much as the next person but it's not i think what is more beneficial to my self-care and just self-preservation so I don't go insane is our digital calendar. I have the digital, like I have an iCloud calendar so it connects to my phone, my laptop and, and I can share it with people that I want to. So obviously we work together so yep. you have access to my calendar um, so we can book things in and not mm. double book each other so, so I can see what you're doing. You can like, and we can, so I just, and I have different ones. It's like a different color coded, like Celine's work I have general just my life stuff and I put it all in the calendar like going to my friend's house for dinner so I can't be booked in for a podcast recording that day or you know just so I don't forget because there's too many balls in the air and before the calendar too many times would things end up clashing or you know like, oh, when did I say that and you've got to root through your messages and see what you're doing no the digital calendar is king <laughs> It makes my life so much more manageable. Okay, so we seem to have better. jumped quite a bit there from world problems to having a digital calendar. <laughs> yeah, but that's like my so. This goodness. is like the self. This is like the self management, okay. though. Do you know what I mean? So it's like I can't, you know, achieve much else if my whole life is in complete right. disorganization and okay. disarray. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I'm. If that's creating loads of anxiety, you know, I'm someone that's prone to being quite an anxious person. If not having, if ever, if just letting, just trying to remember all that, I'd be so stressed and anxious. I wouldn't be able to worry about anything else like the planet. <laughs> Do you know what I so, mean? So, so I guess, um, I, I guess what we're talking about here is, is, re- well, you've said it, reduction of anxiety. Um, yeah. So, if we could, if we can manage our own lives in a kind of fairly not rigidly organized way, but in a way that stops us from having to mm-hmm. sort lots of things out that we hadn't thought about and si- silly things like just having a, having a calendar that you can share with others so they can, you know, so you yeah. can see and they can see when you've got appointments that, that actually can, can really help. 
or that mm-hmm. helps you. And it's and it's yeah, and it's not. Um, it's what I would say: self care that is preventative rather than putting out fires afterwards. So it's sometimes you're just gonna be be in the pit, and you you need to know what things work for you to help mm. you out of the pit. And maybe that is a bubble bath and reading a book and crocheting. I don't know, but you'll know what things help you when you're actually in that situation. Or maybe you don't yet, and you need to work them out. That's fine. But um, preventative things like having the calendar because that stops me getting into the pit mm-hmm. <laughs> where i'm like i'm such a mess i'm bad at organization and I'm do you know what i mean it stops me getting to that point it keeps me organized i don't get into a worry cycle everything's working as it should sometimes people look at my calendar and think it's overwhelming because i've got everything in there you know but i find it really helpful so it, it, it mm. yeah prevents it prevents getting into an anxious state so what I was thinking about this episode before we before we started to talk, um, I thought about the way that, that I personally manage my own um, state of equilibrium, let's call it. I don't like to call mm-hmm. it mental health because that can mean so many different things. A state, a feeling of equilibrium. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what I, what I tend to do is take what I describe as a utilitarian approach to mm-hmm. life. Um, mm-hmm. So utilitarianism is like a um i mean it's a that's kind of ethical framework officially but i tend to just think about it in a in in everything so um the idea of utilitarian is is whatever you're doing if you're making to make a choice you make the choice that is going to increase the level of happiness and well-being in the universe and mm. you try to reduce the amount of suffering in the universe so it's an alternative mm-hmm. to like a God giving us a set of morals Mm. and rules, utilitarianism is saying, I'm going to make my decisions based on what is going to reduce suffering in the world and improve happiness in the world or increase happiness. Mm. So that's a very simplistic way of describing it. I'm sure if you're a philosophy major, you can tell me a better way of describing it, but that's how I I sort of understand it. Um, But I apply that to me as well. So I think... For me, when I'm making a decision about what I'm going to do or not do, I think about the utility of that and how much net good it's going to do. But it includes me. And that mm-hmm. I feel like that has to come first. Because if it doesn't come first, then I start to lose my equilibrium, which affects other people too. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to do something, I think to myself first, can I, can I personally... Is it increasing my happiness or is it decreasing my happiness? And then what effect does it have on everybody else? Mm-hmm. So let me, if I can give you an example of this, um, and I've kind of wanted to talk about social media a little bit um, for a while, but I think Twitter's a good example of this. So somebody makes a comment on Twitter. Maybe it's somebody I know, somebody I like, a friend or, or an acquaintance, and they make a comment on Twitter that I think, oh, no. You know, that's wrong. You've either misunderstood or you're just saying something that's provocative or that's a bit misogynist or a bit just, you know, not really looking at the issue or whatever, you know. Um, So I've now seen that on my Twitter feed. Now, years ago, when I first joined Twitter, I might decide, right, I'm going to comment on that because I don't agree with that at all. And so I comment on it. Now, the question is, why am I commenting on it? Is that going to increase the good in the universe or or happiness in the universe? 
and decrease suffering or is it going to what is it going to do so i might feel that i need to make this stand because this person has got it completely wrong and i need to put them right because mm. i know the facts i know the truth they don't know it i'm going to tell them what the truth of the matter is so the question is is my putting that thing on twitter is my replying to that going to increase well-being in the world or is it going to um, decrease well-being in the world and and i would argue that most comments when you're arguing with somebody or you're trying to prove a point or something i mean what it could maybe change their mind but that's very unlikely it mm -hmm. might change somebody else's mind or somebody else's who's looking at this twitter feed so maybe that's an increase in good in the world let's say it's a misogynistic comment that I've put them right on. Somebody else goes, oh, yeah, that's definitely right, Stephen. I agree with you. That's a terrible thing that they've said. But what effect is it having on me is also, ha also has to be part of this balance of um, considerations. And I know if I start having a Twitter argument with somebody, that's going to affect me for the length of time that I'm having that argument at least and probably longer. So if I respond to somebody this afternoon, they're likely to respond back and then I'm going to have to say something else and then somebody else might say something. And before I know it, I'm embroiled in this slightly bad-tempered, unpleasant discussion that actually isn't improving the world, isn't going to change anybody's mind, and it's upsetting me. And I can't get anything else done because I'm now embroiled in this and it's upsetting me. It's making me anxious. So mm. I, I, what I do now is I see something like that and I think to myself, right, do I want to comment on that? And will that actually increase the amount of well-being in the world or will it increase suffering? And if it's going to increase my suffering and isn't mm. likely to increase well-being in the world, do you know what? I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. and that's why i very rarely get into arguments i can't remember the last time i got into an argument on twitter obviously it's dangerous to say that because it could happen tomorrow but i just simply don't engage with something that i think is not going to increase well-being in the world mm. you know what i mean and so i take yeah. that i take that um that philosophy and I apply it to it's everything. A preventative measure. Mm. I think it is. That's what makes it makes me think about. It. So, same thing for your calendar situation. Mm -hmm. If you putting things in a calendar increases your sense of well-being because mm -hmm. of all the reasons you've given, then I would say that's has its utility. If mm -hmm. by putting lots of stuff in a calendar you keep looking at it and it makes you think. God, I've got a lot oh, to God, do. I've got too mm. much to do. Well, then it's not increasing your happiness and well-being. Therefore, don't do it. Mm. Um, so that's the way I try to approach life. And I feel like since I've been doing that, um, I've been able to manage my own well-being a lot better. Um, mm -hmm. Now, there are some risks associated with it, which I'm quite happy to talk about. And I'm not saying it's for everybody. But that's the way that I've managed to be able to reduce my anxiety levels. I think about, is it actually going to increase well-being in the world? And, you know, maybe that could be a long time in the future. Maybe, you know, going to university or something might not be 
what you want to do, but you think actually it's in my interest. So the payoff might come later. That's fine. So I'm not saying mm-hmm. that you only do what feels good in the moment, but you do think about what are the benefits, what are the risks, what are the upsides, what are the downsides, and you you consider it in terms of utility. Uh, and I mm-hmm. found that really useful in engaging with people. Yeah, and I think just the word utility is important mm. when we talk about self-care because I think, like I said, self-care is, is a sort of, I don't know where it started as a term, but it's very like, oh, pamper yourself, sort of treat yourself, mm. have some have some chocolate. It's self-care mm. or like, yeah. do you know what I mean? But I think it it's sort of a misuse of the word. Um, when you use it that way, that's not really what I think it is meant for. Self-care to me is meant more like, yeah utility so it's like exercise is a good kind of self-care because you're a improving your body's like strength or like vitality and then you're um you're also it's good for your your mental health like we know that exercise is good for good for people's mental health but you might not actively want to do it every time do you know what i mean like you might you might not love exercise but utilitarian purposes is good for you balancing out the benefits and the, mm-hmm. um, the, the the risks, um, and you're yeah you're you're making a decision based on that. Now nobody can know all of that, you know. So in a sense, you're always making some sort of guess or judgment. So you know, and me putting a comment on Twitter, in theory, you know, could change one person's mind, who then goes on to be one of the most influential people in uh, in in the world to change governmental policy on something that so it's possible that my little argument on twitter had this massive effect but it's very very unlikely so although you don't know for sure you can i think make a decent fist of guessing whether Mm. this particular action is going to increase a your happiness and your well-being um, and also you know it might be that the action you're going to take does come um, with a payoff that is that you're going to not be happy for a while and mm-hmm. that's absolutely legitimate you know but make sure that you know you're doing that yeah make make these choices it's like that's right sometimes um yeah i say to, like I'm, i am really busy like i look at the calendar and I'm, like, I'm gonna be busy this week but it means that i can have that week off as holiday so mm. i'm just gonna do that this week and that's fine. Like, I'll be a bit more tired than usual. That's fine. Um, but it's like a a way of making a decision rather than things just sort of happening at you, I think, is the important thing. Yeah. And, and it's also, I think, um, I do think it's also about looking at your own mental health as part of that calculation. Because sometimes that mm-hmm. depends on the sort of person you are, but sometimes we forget to do that. So we think... What's the best thing to do here? Well, the right thing, the best thing to do is do this thing, but you're not actually taking into account your own mental health. So, you know, again, mm-hmm. you might see something somebody says, or you might be something that you feel, I, I really need to challenge that. Um, and maybe you do, but you do need to consider your own mental health as part of that picture. And as I said, if you don't, and I've, I've experienced this, if I don't consider that, then it affects me in a very negative way. And that, of course, affects my wife and it yeah. affects other people. So I have mm-hmm. to consider my own 
mental health and my own resources we've talked about resilience before Mm -hmm. as a way of having the resources required in order to deal with the situation and if i know i don't for whatever reason at that particular time then i'm going to be able to say no i'm not able to do that right now and i feel okay about that because i've i've accepted that i only have a finite amount of resources so I've come to terms with that. I was a sort of person who would, you know, just keep going and going and going and going and, and um, ultimately until sort of explode. Mm. Um, so I think you do need to be aware that you yourself are part of the the net um, utility in the world. And in a way, you have to pay attention to that first because mm-hmm. if you don't, then other people pay just as much as you, or at least partly. Yeah. Well, you might think that maybe as an expert, as if you see someone, yeah, maybe being that you know, say say something that could be, um, you know, maybe they're being potentially like homophobic or something, and you think oh, I've got to call them out on that because, yeah. you know, I'm an ex witness, so I need to do what I can now to show that I'm not that way, um, and to point that out. But maybe you're just, yeah, maybe your resources have already been exhausted, and yeah. you don't, you don't have the mental capacity at that moment to challenge someone that you're close to it can can really be exhausting can't it Um, yeah and but you might and it's not to say that i'm like yeah you never have to do things that are hard it's just you might not be able to in that moment but you know you might be working on like we made you know that documentary the pink pound Mm. you know you might be working on other ways to show sort of your allyship and if you completely exhaust yourself you might not do that work you know you you could literally spend all day fighting with people on twitter um to try and stop them being so homophobic or misogynistic or racist or you know all of these things that that we we don't like and that you'd have to ask the question is that actually helping the situation or Mm -hmm. would it be better for me to maintain my equilibrium and mental health and yes make a documentary about this thing and get more people to see it or mm-hmm. actually do something to help the community, you know, in a very practical sense. And again, important that we make clear, we're not saying here, I'm not saying here that um, uh, that you shouldn't put yourself out there sometimes. And that is the risk of this, um, this philosophy. The risk of this philosophy is that you never stand up and be counted because you're mm-hmm. always kind of thinking, well, you know, is it worth it? So there are times when I will say things, I will challenge people, even, you know, people that I might know and be friends with, and I will make a stand and say, I don't appreciate that or I don't agree with that. Here's why. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's important that we do make a stand, but we also have to take into account that that mental health um, of ourselves. When I was a Jehovah's Witness, I would worry about things like i remember there was an issue that would was worry me for years um it's a bit of a long boring story i'll try to say it quickly um (laughs) when uh it used to be that if people were kind of interested in maybe they'd see an advert on the back of of our magazines for a book or a bible or something and they'd cut it out and they'd send it through by post to the organization Mm. And basically it would be to, oh, that's right, to get a return visit, to get a visit from a Jehovah's Witness. So if you read a magazine, you thought, oh, I'm interested in this, you'd fill out a little form and send it by mail 
to the local mm. Bethel. And they would then inform the congregation that there was somebody that had sent in a little slip and you then had to call on them and uh, sort of followed up that interest. And I got one of these ones and I just couldn't find this person in. Um, and we tried over and over again. And um, in the end, it got a bit embarrassing because we kept calling and they weren't in. Mm. And it came, started to feel that maybe they were trying to avoid us. But they had actually made this call. And this used to worry me so much because mm. I used to think, oh, mate, you know, they've actually said they want somebody's call and I've not been able to call on them. What if Armageddon comes before they actually come into the truth you know that's on me then that's my fault and i think living with that sort of anxiety constantly oh did mm. i make that call when i should did i witness to my teacher when i thought she was asking the right question you know did i pass that thing on to somebody and did i do this and did i do that and mm. i think that that feeling of being weighed down if you take that with you outside you know you've got so many more things to worry about that can be that can be quite difficult to cope with, I think. Mm, definitely. I think you, yeah, you've got to, it's important to stand up for these things because like you said, all of a sudden you have the agency that you can. So, you know, and you're going to want to, but you need to make sure that you are taking care of yourself and um, doing whatever self-care, utilitarian practices you need to. Well, that, in order for, for to, me, that, that works you know that that's definitely helped me it might not help for you but it helped me i guess when i say utility as well i guess i don't always mean the philosophical term but just like things that are not exciting but necessary yeah like calendars or keeping your receipts together for your taxes um, so that you don't (laughs) have to like you know have a breakdown when you start panicking that you've not got all your stuff together or you know maybe it's just that you need to have a list of everybody's birthdays because you're awful and you keep forgetting and you feel really bad you know so you're always that friend that forgets like these things that are just they you can't take a picture of your like you know of your calendar and put that on instagram and be like look how cool that is well you know you but it does help you you know um things that make you living your life less troublesome or just like you're not thinking about it so often you're just doing it because you've created ways of living life smoothly so that then you the things you want to worry about you know the things that you think are important to worry about you can you have mental brain space for yeah so you can worry about buying bamboo toothbrushes and (laughs) you know eco-friendly this and that and you know what bank should i use what bank is the most um you know morally correct with me do you know what i mean you can worry about those things because you're not worrying about such and such as birthday and have i double yeah you've got enough i think this comes down to that thing we just said about resources so think about resilience um the, the ability to cope with with um perhaps difficult situations is de- dependent upon the amount of resources you've got to deal with the deal with this situation um, and if you don't have enough internal resources, this tends, or external resources like friends and support systems and ways of thinking, these are all resources that you draw on. If you don't have enough, then that's when you start to lose your resilience and you start to buckle under the pressure. So yes, mm-hmm. if you can organize yourself so that things that otherwise would get in your way and make life more difficult, if you can organize yourself so those don't, 
then yeah, sure, in theory, you've got more resources to be able to deal with some of the other things that you you might want to. Uh, yeah, you'll be able to, to give yourself to these issues more that you care yeah. about. You know, yeah. you'll even be able to find things to care about. You know, if you're post leaving, you yeah. Know, you know, I mean, maybe the way that you come to terms with death is becoming like a, a humanist um, funeral talk person you know the ones that do yeah. non-denominational funeral mm. talks maybe that's something that you think is important but you wouldn't have time for that if you didn't take care of yourself first yeah and i think that that leads to another another question there's another word that i wanted to introduce to the conversation which is um attention um and human being can human beings can only attend to a certain amount of things at any given time um, which ultimately means that our world that we create for ourselves, that we construct, our understanding of what's going on in the world um, is is different to the next person to us because we attend to different things. We, we give different things different levels of attention. Um, we can't give everything the same level of attention. We don't have enough uh, resources to be able to do that. So we inevitably find ourselves attending to a limited number of things. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just a reality of our capabilities as human beings. So we can't do everything. We can't focus on everything. So there, there are times when I see things and I think, oh, that something really needs to be done about that. I, you know, that's, a, that's an important issue. And I think, well, I, I can't do anything about that at the moment because I'm focusing on this other thing so mm-hmm. you know at the moment um our life my life is there's a lot of stuff around um learning about high control groups and, and how people manage to recover from that and i want to do more in that area so that's where i'm focusing my intellectual efforts and my my efforts my time and resources but there's a load of stuff around you know, politics and um, yes, the ecology and all those other things that whilst I'm not saying I'm going to ignore them entirely, I can't give them as much attention because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm focusing on this area. So I think that's the other thing to remember is that we can only attend to a certain amount of things at any given time. I guess for my sort of almost summing up, it's like, here's a few things I would say is like in an agony ant kind of way not in a therapist kind of way just a like your pal at the pub mm. or something is don't feel bad if you do fall in the pit of despair because we all do of course it's not just because you're an ex-member of a cult no. or something we all fall in the pit of despair sometimes because we're like there's nothing I can do about this or that or there isn't there's no hope but there is hope you're just in the pit of despair at the moment you'll fu- you'll work out your ways of getting out of that and then when you are at that working out ways to take care of yourself preemptively so you fall in the pit less often is I guess what I would say and you know being able to like you said we can there are there's many 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 issues in this world I think this world is amazing and wonderful but there are many issues with it and like you said though we only have so much attention so you can only you know, give yourself to so many of these issues and attend to so many. Exactly. So take care of yourself with with whatever boring self-care is required <laughs> to keep yourself going. And then 
you know, you can give yourself fully to these things that you want to stand behind and improve and work on because you get to pick. Yeah, and, and I think there's there's a few things that are quite practical things. I know for me, um, the news, so the news, um, TV news, radio news, about what's happening in the world. Um, if you're watching that, listening to that, that can be overwhelming because it literally comes, you know, one after the other. Um, this has happened, this has happened, this has happened. Um, of course, we know that the reason it's newsworthy is because these things are fairly unusual. Um, so, you know, mm. never is... We're leading today on the aircraft that um, took up, took off from Heathrow Airport and landed safely at Charles de Gaulle. Um, a bit mm. later, we're, we're going to talk about um, that lovely meal you had earlier on. People like pizza. Um, you know, we don't have mm. that on the news because it's not newsworthy. Um, but mm. those are the things that happen most in the world. Um, people set off for places and they get there. It's when those things don't happen that it's newsworthy. So sometimes we get a, a twisted view of, of the badness of the world. I know Stephen Pinker talks about this in his book. Um, Jill referred to this. Um, he's quite keen to encourage us actually to think about how much better the world is now than it used to be. You know, children live past being a baby um, much more Women don't die in childbirth very much at all. Mm. Um, you know, people live till they're 80 and 90. Um, yes, we've had a pandemic, but we've also had a vaccine that's meant that we have a way out mm. of it. You know, and it, it's it's just the, when the Spanish flu hit, literally millions and millions and millions of people died. Um, this particular pandemic, well, we think won't be like that because of um, the way the world is now so yes the world has lots of problems there are some serious things but it's also perhaps wrong to imagine that it's such a, a terrible place um, when there are so many good things about it so what I tend to do with the news is if I'm feeling a bit down and I'm feeling a bit despairy um, I won't listen to the news, but what I do tend to listen to is our podcast. And I find that if I'm listening to a newsy type podcast, because it's engaging my intellect, because the news isn't very deep, it just gives us some kind of brief headlines and mm. a few bits underneath it. But if you listen to a podcast that goes into it in more depth, then it engages your intellect as opposed to just engaging your emotions. So you start to understand it in a lot more detail. You look at it and you start to understand it in in its entirety rather than this thing that you can't truly understand just makes you feel despair so i found mm. that that for me helps me i don't really listen to the news but i do listen to podcasts which talk about the news and for me mm. that helps but even then there'll be episodes i won't listen to because right now i can't cope with that um, mm -hmm. because again i have to consider my own mental health if i don't it affects other people um, mm. So it's it's a balance, I think. It's a delicate balancing act. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think we've sort of got. You know, I have no idea whether that then. was of any use to anybody at all, but I hope it. I hope it is. Um, I hope it's kind of like we went for a coffee and just had a had a vent, and you feel a bit better for it, really. Um, well, you know, um, I hope, I hope it's of useful. <laughs> um, right. What about tweet of the week? 
of the week. Tweet 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 of the week. So I I did a tweet that got a lot of um, interaction. So I'll perhaps start with that, and then maybe you can find one, Celine. Um, so I, I generally keep my tweets, as I've said, really fairly non-controversial or at least not, um, not needlessly provocative, but I did do a couple of tweets this, this week that I thought might lead to some disagreement, but as it happened, strangely didn't. Um, so I did this tweet, tweet while I was on holiday. Um, I said, Calling destructive high control groups NRMs, that's new religious movements, mm. is a bit like calling a burglar a visitor to your home. It's it may be technically true, but somewhat misses the point. Um so I had a lot of engagement on that and everybody agreed. I thought there might be some people that disagreed with that statement. Um but yeah, it was um a lot of people responded to that and just sort of took a bit further saying you know that um the nrms is is a word that is used by apologists and so on so i want to talk about we want to talk about this in a bit more detail mm-hmm. um sort of shortcut is known as the cult wars um and so i think it'll be an interesting discussion to talk about a bit later on but that was a um a tweet that got a lot of response mm-hmm. Have you got one? Um, well, I, I think I was just going to do a shout out rather than a specific thing that they've said, but just for one of our very active Twitterers um, at the moment. So, um, Marianne um, on our yes. Twitter, so Lockwood Marianne, um, thank you very much for uh, ordering your evil sheet top. Um, yes. I know that you have said that you've been wearing it. Um, so that's really cool and can just see you engaging a lot at the moment with Twitter. And that's mm. um, always fun to we see. And thank you. Yeah, <laughs> we, we see love it. you. Definitely. Yeah, we've had um, a few um, joiners on, on Patreon for the one pound um, or whatever it is in your in your currency. It's the lowest level you can do. Um, and um, that's we're quite excited about that, aren't we? So we've had mm-hmm. a few people join that just for a pound it's just great to get the people to get them um, to get more people involved really so mm-hmm. that's great um so please keep doing that that's always nice the other one that i want sort of want to mention is the the matrix episode there was a lot of engagement mm-hmm. about that um and uh, we've got another one coming up i've not talked talk to you about this yet celine uh, mm-hmm. but i had a um, a message um from somebody i won't say who it is yet because we'll keep that as a surprise but they want to talk about one of the issues that was raised in that episode so Mm. that'll be coming up soon so it's somebody i'm sure most of our listeners will know but we'll we'll Mm. we'll talk about that a bit later but yeah there was a lot of engagement like we thought really with that because people talk about that such a lot so that Mm. was great very exciting okay so if there's nothing else then we'll we'll say um that's the end of tweet of the week of the week tweet of the week tweet of the week tweet of the week tweet
So we've got some great guests coming up. We're, we're sort of lining them mm-hmm. up again. Um, and uh, some really interesting guests coming up. So by the time you hear this, hopefully you will have listened to Jeffrey Wallace and his interview. Um, I really enjoyed the interview. And mm-hmm. I do recommend his book. So um, I would I would buy that if I was you. It's called A Voice From Inside. Uh, notes on religious trauma in a captive organization so we can put it on the show notes if yeah, you'd like a link absolutely yeah so um ho- hopefully you enjoyed that cool okay well that's nice. pretty much it thank then you guys. thank yeah. you very much for listening don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast and yeah just for a pound um a dollar fifty you can become a patron, a patron. yeah very exciting cool thank you very awesome. much Thank you. Bye. Bye. What Should I Think About is an Evil Sheep production.